Hey everyone, if you're a regular listener of the show, I hope you'll consider joining my Patreon community. It's a great way to support the show and get extra exclusive episodes, including Digging for Justice, my DC movie rewatch podcast. Bonus episodes are available beginning at the $1 level, you can cancel anytime, and discounted annual memberships are available too. Visit patreon.com slash anthonydesiato. Thank you to all patrons. Welcome to a special bonus edition of Digging for Kryptonite, a Superman fan journey. I am your host, Anthony Desiato. Joining me to discuss the Justice League Power Rangers miniseries is one of the hosts of the Always Hold On to Arrow podcast and a first-time guest on this show, Lance Laster. Welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. I guess we have to give a shout out to Zach Moore from Always Hold On to Smallville. He was the one who, of course, we have to pay tribute. He was the one who linked us up. So thank you, Zach, for connecting us. 100%. Yeah. (laughs) So this mini series that we're talking about here, Justice League Power Rangers from 2017, six issue mini series written by none other than Tom Taylor, who's gone on to totally wild. (laughs) Yeah. So wild. (laughs) (laughs) He's gone out to have such a big career in comics drawn beautifully uh, by Stephen Mm -hmm. Byrne. And this was an intercompany crossover co-published by DC comics and boom studios, which has had a tremendous run uh, with these modern Power Rangers comics that they've been doing for the past few years. Yeah. Now, is this something, I assume the answer is yes, but maybe not. Is this something that you read as it was originally coming out? Yeah, I did. Gotcha. I did not, uh, despite being okay. a massive Superman DC Comics fan and a massive mm-hmm. Power Rangers fan. It's funny because I've talked about this on the show before. I've I've always had somewhat of a uh, you know, and I, can't, I don't have any basis for this, but but I've always had someone of a bias against comic book adaptations or continuations of movies or television shows. Mm, we have okay. an episode coming up on Smallville season 11. I get into all of that. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and in addition to that, yet another bias, I've never really been that into intercompany crossovers like this. Okay. Crossovers within companies. It would be impossible to be a comic book fan and not like crossovers within the same universe. But yeah. I, I don't know what it is if I just felt like they were gimmicky or they didn't matter. They didn't count. I don't know. But I've mm-hmm. always been, I've never really had an interest in something like what we're going to discuss. But I'm so glad that I, that my perspective has changed because I really enjoyed this. Yeah, no, this is, this is definitely off the beaten path. And but like I couldn't resist because this is two of my favorite things. So like I like I had to check it out. And as like as as weird as it is um, of a subject matter and, and, a, and a, a crossover, uh, it somehow kind of worked. And this is not the first time that DC's kind of dipped their toe into doing these cross company crossovers because they have three iterations of Batman and the Ninja Turtles, and that works just fine. That's right. Now, I've, I've big shock. I've not read those either, but maybe that <laughs> maybe that will change after this. Now, you know, we mentioned Tom Taylor. Have you been following his current work in particular? I mean, I mean, I hear nothing but amazing things about his Son of Kal-El and his uh, Nightwing. Have you been reading either or both of those? I'm reading Nightwing and I love it. All right. It's on the list. I'm going to get there. And okay. Son of Kal-El in particular, we'll be covering it on the show next year. I've got massive, cool. massive Superboy coverage plan. It's going to be a whole thing. Cool. And I'm finally going to get there. It's on the list because I've heard great things. And I'm even more excited after reading this because I thought, you know, reading this miniseries, it just, you could feel the love for both properties, especially mm-hmm. Power Rangers. I feel like, I mean, I don't know what his personal history is with the show, yeah. but reading it, if he's not a fan, he did great research. Because I mean, it just reads like someone who who knows and loves that world that really came across in reading it. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's the that's kind of the strength of the 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 Ranger comics that kind of started around 2016 is that the people, everybody they brought on to write it have really strong ties to the show or really, really love the material. And uh, this is something that Kyle Higgins has said, like they basically write the show they thought they were watching as kids. And <laughs> I, I love that phrase because it, it encapsulates so much and it describes exactly what they're doing in the book. You know, here's, I think, a perfect example, and it's right in the opening pages when Zach teleports into the command center and he's just mm-hmm. had a fight with his parents because yeah. he's always running off. He's disappearing and he can't uh-huh. explain to them, hey, I'm a power ranger, like I'm saving yep. the world. And it's causing tension in his home life. And he carries that over into the command center. And that's the thing on the show, as we know, you know, there often wasn't real estate to really dig deep no. into the the emotion and the personal lives. So even something like that, it was minor, but it was like, yeah, this probably would be a problem that these rangers would have. So like, yeah. even that, like, I love it. Like, oh, that's such a perfect note. Exactly. Because remember, like they even mentioned it in the book, like, you know, like Flash and Green Lantern is like, man, I can't get over how young they are. Remember, they're like sophomores in high school. Like, <laughs> yeah, that moment stood out to me as well. And, you know, is one of those things that I think is, is the value of doing a crossover like this, where you can mm-hmm. have those types of observations. And, you know, yeah. it brings certain things to light that maybe, you know, reading the Power Rangers comics or watching the show, you know, you might not necessarily think about all the time, but then to have the Justice League, you know, comment on how young they really are. It's like, yeah, like it kind of, you know, just kind of puts that in a different light. Yep. So why are we even doing this bonus episode? Why are we talking about Justice League Power Rangers? Aside from the fact that it's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. So originally Labor Day week, which is when this episode is airing, was going to be a skip week. I was going to take the week off and have a little break. But folks, if you've been following along on social media, you know, and if you haven't been following, I'll tell you now. I am launching a new monthly podcast series, a side project called Summoning the Zords, a Power Rangers (laughs) fan journey. And it starts next week on September 12th. It is live now. It's listed on all the major podcast platforms. The trailer is up. So either right now, if you have your phone in front of you or when you're done with this, when you get a chance, head on over to your podcast platform of choice. Search for Summoning the Zords, a Power Rangers fan journey. Subscribe, listen to the trailer and get ready for the premiere next week on September 12th. You might be able to tell from the naming scheme, just like digging for kryptonite, we have summoning the Zords. And it's the same approach that we've been employing here with respect to Superman, the same deep dives and thoughtful conversations that you've hopefully been enjoying. We're employing that same approach with Power Rangers, which alongside Superman is the other driving fandom of my childhood. And (laughs) doing the Superman show, I've come to appreciate so much about Superman and I've come to see the character and the mythology in this new light. I've gotten so much out of it. I've closed gaps in my fandom. It's been endlessly rewarding and fulfilling as a fan and as a podcaster. And so I thought, well, what else do I, do I have enough love and love for and interest in that I could do something like this? And Power Rangers came to mind. And I know there are plenty of other Power Rangers podcasts out there, but this is kind of more of a personal thing. Like I really wanted to go back to those episodes that I watched and I loved as a kid and view them through adult eyes. And also, speaking of the comics, to read these new comics because they they look and sound amazing. And the little bit that I've read, I was really impressed by. And you know, going back to what we were saying, I love this idea of sort of recontextualizing these, you know, relatively simple, straightforward, you know, mm-hmm. kids show stories that we that we originally experienced, um, you know, through this modern, more adult filter. So I'm I'm so excited to get into this. And I already recorded the first episode with Ken Marion. We went through the 
Green with Evil arc from the television show, which introduced Tommy. So we started off yep. with, you know, one of the big highlights of the show. Well, it's, it's the iconic one. I mean, that's it's the it's literally the arc that saved the entire franchise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you can't go wrong starting there. So uh, so that's why we're doing this. I wanted to sort of tee up the new show, but also pick something that would still be of interest to our regular digging for kryptonite audience. <laughs> hence, Justice League Power Rangers. And the last thing Fair I'll enough. say by means of hyping the new show is if you have no interest in Power Rangers or if for some reason you're like actively opposed to Power Rangers, I understand <laughs> if the show is not for you, if the new one is not for you. I totally get that. No sweat. We have plenty of other things for you to listen to. But if you have any interest or if, you know, if you're a fan of it like we are, or if you're just kind of curious about it, I do encourage you to check it out because again, it's the same approach that we've been using here, but applied to Power Rangers. All right. So that's what we're doing and, and why we're doing it. And, uh, you know, we can kind of move forward into this. So I guess let me ask you the big picture question with Justice League Power Rangers. I mean, what are your overall impressions of it? And maybe more specifically, how, if at all, have they changed from when you read it initially a few years ago to, you know, rereading it now? Okay. Uh, well, I guess first off the bat, like I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like this is a nice what if type of type of thing. This is something that will this is likely a one off. Right. So, and and I was glad that they did a good job with this one time one-off what if type of scenario um because in no other scenario will you have the justice league teaming up with the power rangers it's just like two completely different worlds uh like literally uh two different companies two different fan bases two different everything um so uh i just i just enjoyed the idea of it it's wacky it's fun uh and they did a really good job of making it actually work um logically <laughs> uh for the for the you know for the properties that are involved in this book. Well, I was very impressed by that. Yeah, I, I would echo that. I mean, that's the thing. There was so much in this book that felt both surprising yet inevitable. And mm -hmm. I think that's what I enjoyed so much when Lord Zed is transported to the DC universe and he's yep. instantly scooped up and shrunk by Brainiac and placed in mm -hmm. one of the bottle cities and he uses his magic bombs to grow yeah, and escape awesome. the bottle and stand toe to toe with Brainiac. And they forge this alliance because they both want the universe. One to rule, one wants to mm -hmm. rule it, the other wants to you know, collect destroy it. and collect, right? Yep. So their interests, interests are aligned enough where they can team up. And it's just like, oh, this makes perfect sense. Like there's this moment where, you know, this element of surprise, but then it's like, oh yeah, like this, of course, it has to be, it has to be these two teaming up. So there, I yeah. feel like there was a lot of stuff like that where, you know, it, it kind of kept you on your toes as you were reading, but then it also felt like, of course, like it couldn't be anything else. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. It, especially like in the opening, when you see what's going on, like, and you're just like, oh, well, well, yeah, that makes that, that makes total sense. Like he would shrink, he would shrink Angel Grove, like Brainiac would totally shrink that city if he had the opportunity to and had it to his collection, because there's so much stuff that goes on there. Like it makes total sense. Um, and then you wonder, it's like, well, he can, I'm sure he figured out how to cross dimensions because he's Brainiac. So it makes sense. Uh, I was like, so every kind of question that you kind of had is answered through like it as the story progresses and it, and it doesn't leave you wanting in that regard. Absolutely. And so while I'm asking you these big picture questions, let me also ask you about your, your power Rangers fan journey. Now you'll be on summoning the Zords down the line. There are a couple mm -hmm. of huge arcs uh, from the boom studios mm -hmm. comics that uh, you and I have talked about that I want to have you on for. And it'll be great to get your perspective when we get there as someone who's been following the comics all along. I, I can't wait. Uh, but for now, I mean, what what is your Power Rangers fan journey? Like how, you know, when when did you get into it? And 
has it's something that you I know I know this from our conversation off yeah. with our audience you know is this something that's kind of stayed with you all along did you leave come back what's your experience been yeah so it's uh, it's kind of been with me as long as I've been you know following it. and I've followed it from the beginning I was there day one um you know it blew me away like as a, as a little kid when it first debuted I was like this is you know because when you're what six seven years old like and you see something like that for the first time it's like this is this is unprecedented stuff right <laughs> it's like it was just everything was just so cool um the characters were cool like you wanted to be them because like they're far enough away from you in age where it's cool to kind of want to aspire to kind of be that like it made high school look cool and it's like oh well when i get to high school i could do all these things and i can know these types of people and all this other stuff um you know the 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 costumes were cool they were like it was they were iconic the zords were amazing um the first time i saw you know the dragon zord like legit life cha changer for me like i thought that was the coolest thing i've ever seen uh and so i just it, i just stuck with it right um i did martial arts as as a kid largely because of of them there was a true martial arts culture on the show especially in the early on because everybody was a legit martial artist uh so that was an interesting thing to kind of observe as i was as i did a rewatch uh when i was older i was like oh they're actually like you know using the culture of martial arts throughout the show a little bit more with the characters whatever little character work that they did on the show they kind of put that to it um and then when they started to change stuff so this is what when they first went to zeo yes. um i was and so this is what technically is season four technically if you if we want to go that route uh i was like well this is odd why are they doing this and then you know i i you know, realize as I got older, I was like, oh, well, they didn't have, you know, they, you know, they, what, like when I figured out what the, how they made the show, I was like, oh, they didn't have any more episodes to, to, to bring over. They, they couldn't do anything. Uh, so they had to go to the next thing. And I, I've always said this, I, I credit the, the, the writing team at Saban back in the day for coming up with like some like actual legit and logical reasons for why they had to change powers like every 40 episodes for you know for a little bit after after the mighty morphin era like basically like every 40 to 50 episodes they had to change and and you know the real world reason is like they didn't have enough like the, the show was over but like they're just like well we got to keep this train moving so they came up with a way to kind of keep it continuous and i've always given them credit for that uh because for a lot of them like it's a it's a pretty good chain and it makes sense as it goes from one to one one to one to one um so yeah i've kept up with it ever since uh there were some years where it was, it was harder to do so just because uh, you know i was growing up and doing other things but i would catch reruns or i'd record it um you know probably the silliest uh time that i had watching the show or kept keeping up with the show uh this was in college and i was you know already a member of a fraternity but i was like really busy in this particular semester so i made the pledges like get up early on saturday morning and watch it take notes for me um so um so, you know, if they're listening to this, sorry, I put you through that, but it's a funny story for you guys to tell later. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so I've just kept up with it and uh, the comics have helped with that regard. I've rewatched some stuff. I rewrite stuff all the time. Uh, it's just uh, one of the fandoms that has stuck with me and seems like it won't leave me. So that's my journey with it. I love that, man. And I, you know, I, it's funny. I, I apologize because the first time that we talked about this, we just had a quick Zoom meeting. And I, mm -hmm. I think I framed the question as like, oh, when did you stop watching? Like, I, yeah. <laughs> I assumed, I assumed that your experience was like mine, where it was part of your childhood. And then, you mm -hmm. know, you kind of fell out of it. And it was really cool to hear that it stuck with you all this time. You know, I mean, yeah. I've got this 
you know, massive, you know, decades long gap now in my, mm-hmm. in my Power Rangers fandom because I stopped during that Zio season. Okay. So I love that you've, you've kept up with it. And I don't know that I will necessarily go back and watch past the Zordon era, but at least mm-hmm. within that, those Mighty Morphin seasons and the few seasons after that, that we're still telling the Zordon storyline. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think I'll be playing around in, in that, in that area for a while, but to your point, and, you know, for anyone who's not familiar with how Power Rangers was made, it was a blend of American footage and Japanese footage. So typically mm-hmm. whenever they were in the, in their, when they've morphed, they're in their costumes, they're in the Zords, that's all footage from the Japanese show. And then whenever they're in their civilian identities at the juice bar, practicing martial yep. arts at the command center with Zordon and Alpha, that was uh, American made footage. And so you had this really interesting blend. And I will say, I mean, I always found whenever they got new Zords or any kind of tweak, like not fully new costumes, but the, the, the ninja powers and those ninja mm-hmm. outfits that they had, the intermediate step before they fully morphed in, in yeah. one of the later Mighty Morphin seasons. And then when they got to Zeo, I, that was, oh, those were always some of the most exciting episodes. So, you know, to your point, it's like, yeah, it was born out of necessity. Like, okay, we're out of the footage that we were using. We have to do something else. But as a fan, yeah, like it was, it was always exciting. Yeah. And, and as a, as a business model, it was genius because they always, every season, every year had new toys to sell. Like, so that way, like, you know, the kids would still keep buying them and like, like the older ones would like kind of collect, but there was always be a new generation that would get stuff. So as a business model it was brilliant. Thank you for that segue. This is a podcaster right here. You look at that. All right. So audience, for those of you who are like, oh, I don't want to hear about Power Rangers. I'm going to give you some, some, uh, some DC toy talk for a couple of minutes here. So uh, McFarlane Toys uh, has put out this reissue of the Kenner Superpowers line of action figures. They're not identical. Uh, we, we can talk about that, mm-hmm. but uh, the packaging is, is, is very close, of course, to the, you know, yeah. definitely utilizes the original Superpowers design. Uh, the, the packaging definitely has that look that you'll find familiar. And the figures, it, it depends. Some are closer to the Superpowers, um, the original line, than others. But how many, if any, of, of these have you been able to track down or are you trying to track down? I haven't gotten to it yet and I need to see them up close before I fully like make a decision because it could be very, very dangerous if, if uh, because I, I already, I mean, you understand this. I already collect enough stuff and it's like, I gotta, I gotta be a little bit more uh, selective about certain things, but I'm definitely going to pick up a Batman and a Superman. Like, I mean, cause that's just, that has to happen. Um, and we'll see where I go after that. But uh, but yeah, it's, it, it is fun to watching that because I saw like on Twitter there and like I saw a like a wall of these things. I was like, oh, man, I want to be there. I want to check all that stuff out. But it's, uh, like I said, it could be very dangerous. Yeah, I've, I've definitely been very jealous because I've seen people posting online mm-hmm. these magnificent displays at their local Walmart. And these are Walmart exclusives. Yeah. which is frustrating for me because we don't, you know, targets are more dominant here where I am. And there oh, okay. are some Walmarts, but it's a little bit of a hike. And I struck a little bit too early because I happened to be in the, we were going to a party at a friend's house, a <laughs> child's birthday party, but we were close to, uh, to a Walmart. And I was like, all right, like, let's go for this. I'd started to see those photos. So I was like, all right, they're yeah. out there in the wild. Right. They weren't available yet on the website, but people have been posting photos. I was like, all right, we're here. Like, let me try. And, you know, where our son was with us and I really, I knew I was setting myself up for disappointment. Like I, in my (laughs) gut, I knew it wasn't going to happen, but I just thought to myself, cause he knows these characters now. And I just thought like, this would be such a really cool moment 
for us to share this moment of discovery of like, look, mm-hmm. like, look at these figures and to hand it to him. Because I mean, I still have a memory of getting, it's a little nebulous whether it was actually the Kenner Superpowers or the subsequent Toy Biz one that used the same model. It was probably yeah. the Toy Biz one when I was little, but anyway, like I remember getting that action figure at the toy store and then cut to when I'm five years old and the death of Superman came out and the mm. Heroes World comic book store had the action figure in the little box to mimic a coffin, right. like the whole display that, that captured my imagination. I think because I knew the character and I knew the toy, it, it, mm-hmm. it drove it home more. Anyway, I was, I was really longing to have that type of moment with my son in the store and we're walking around. Of course <laughs> it's not there. It was so frustrating. Um, so I've not yet seen them in person. I kept, and I continue to keep checking the Walmart website and there was actually a brief moment Hmm. where I was able to strike and I was able to order two of the Superman figures and one dark side. Okay. I did get the dark side. Now the Superman one, I, and look, the action figure connoisseurs, you know, you can take me to task on this. I I don't, I I might not be totally accurate on this, but the, the body looks exceedingly similar to the original one. The head sculpt is a bit different. It's noticeably different, Hmm. Um, but still a really cool, solid Superman figure. The dark side is cool, but it is just a completely different design than the original. It's just his modern design and it's it's, yeah. it's neat, but I, I don't know. I don't know that I totally get the the reasoning behind this. Like if you're going to bring back that line mm-hmm. in this form, I would think you would want it to be as close to the original as possible. I don't you, know. You would think. I don't know. I don't, you know, sometimes the decisions made by these people that do these things are not the best. This is true. Uh, but anyway, so I have those. I've not yet been able to get the Batman, the Batwing. I'll probably pass on the Batwing, to be to be honest. But I would, I would love to get a Batman and the Supermobile. Oh, that's right. There is a Supermobile. As ridiculous as it is. Like, it's the yes. dumbest thing. But yes. I gotta have it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I did. Did, um, did you have the original Superpowers ones? I had a couple of them, yeah. Yeah. I never had a Supermobile. And I did an episode on this show not too long ago where we we watched a selection of Superpowers episodes because that had been a gap in my fandom. I had never really okay. watched much. And so we we watched the most Superman-centric ones. And it was a lot of fun. And, you know, we watched episodes dealing with the Supermobile. And it's just, it's utterly ridiculous why he would need this vehicle. But um, it yeah. would be cool to get. And then, I don't know if you've seen this, the latest development that uh, there are figures from yet another wave that are now popping up in the wild. There's a John Stewart Green Lantern. There's a flash and there's a man who laughs Batman. Yeah. That's so random. So weird. (laughs) Like out of all the things. (laughs) Yeah. Like not Robin, Wonder Woman, Cyborg, you know, Hawkman, Captain Marvel, AKA Shazam, like none of those, but like the man who laughs Batman. Really? It's just, it's odd because it's not even, you know, it's relatively recent, but it's not even like it's the hot thing in the comics right now. Yeah. It's just it's like, it's like a couple years odd. too late. Yeah. So That's I don't weird. know. But I, I like the idea behind this. I wish that they were available at other places and at comic shops mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But it's it's cool that they're out there. I do hope to get a few more. And I got two of the Superman ones because one will be a gift for uh, for my son for his birthday. So he'll, nice. he'll have his own, he can tear it open, go nuts, whatever yeah, he wants to do. It's uh-huh. fine. It's fine. Mine will stay in its, in its packaging here in flat squirrel studios and I'll there mount it on the wall and I'll look at it. And it'll be great, but he can, whatever he needs <laughs> to do with his figure, it's, it's his. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, and fair to say with the power Rangers toys that, uh, do you still have your, your toys? 
not my original ones no um i have some of the uh the figure arts i have the full line of those uh those are still in their boxes um and i haven't gotten into the any of the lightning collection stuff yet i only have a few of those um but i do want to get at least like the you know the, the the og rangers in that one um because i think it, it's worth it to have but i like the figure arts ones more because i remember when those first came out i was like oh this is these look really really good <laughs> so i'm gonna house so i picked up all of those like including like you know the jason with the uh with the dragon shield zach with the dragon shield like i got those variants so yeah have that all covered i'm sure i've told this story on some podcast probably more than once but whatever it's appropriate here as well I remember because I had a lot of the toys as a kid and uh, unfortunately I did not keep them. I think I brought them to my local comic shop and you know, kind of put them in a box and sold them mm-hmm. or sold them at a garage sale. Yeah. But I remember there was one point where I was convinced that I was winning a sweepstakes. Like there were some sweepstakes okay. to win like all the Power Rangers toys. <laughs> and I entered and I just, I don't know why in my, I mean, how was I eight, eight at this seven, I don't know, six, seven, eight, like around that, around that time. And I just remember, I think my mom was like, Oh, like, do you want to go to the store and get a new power Rangers toy? And I was like, no, no, like (laughs) I entered the sweepstakes. (laughs) (laughs) Of course I didn't win. I don't know. It's so weird. Cause it's like, why? I don't know why I would have been that confident. I've never been that confident in a contest before or since. I I don't know what it was that I was just, I felt like it was my moment. I was wrong, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the toys were such a big part of, of the show, but I will say, like I said before, I did record the green with evil episode of summoning the Zord. So I have rewatched those five episodes and man, yeah, they're great. Yeah. You know? They really are. They really are. It's those, those ones still hold up. Now, obviously there's going to be episodes that you get to. There's like, ah, this is. This was kind of rough. Uh, some of them will be like rough in a funny way and others will be rough in a like Ugh, type of way. But those and like there's a handful of episodes every season. that's like that was really good television. I'm impressed. Yeah, it was uh, it was validating, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. To go back to them. And it's not the first time I've gone down some Netflix rabbit holes and YouTube rabbit holes over the oh, past yeah. few years. And I it's not the first time in decades that I've watched, but. But it is the first time that like I really sat down and I watched the entire arc from start to finish. And yeah, it was like, no, man, I really see why I liked this so much as a kid. And they're even yeah. watching it now. And yes, there's the nostalgia filter and all that. But even factoring that in, like there's some really good stuff here. And like you said, you know, the actors had the actual physical ability in terms of the martial arts that they were doing. Mm-hmm. So the fight scenes looked awesome. Like Japanese yep. footage was great. It. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It taps into these core themes of good triumphing, triumphing over evil and, and, you know, the heroes needing to work together, which that's the thing. I know not every Superman DC comics fan is a power Rangers fan. Like I get that. And Mm -hmm. if you're listening to this and you fall into that category, like right on, I understand, especially depending on your age. I mean, you know, this hit for us at the perfect time in our our childhood. And I get if you're a bit older, it wouldn't have that effect. Because to be honest, I, one thing that I've realized is even talking to people who are like two or three years older than me, for them, you know, Transformers, He-Man, yeah. G.I. Joe, Turtles, that stuff was Yeah, big. that was their era. Yeah. For me, a little bit with Turtles, but the rest of the stuff, like, holds, I have no connection to. Mm-hmm. So I know that plays a big role, but um, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Something okay. about how this hit at the right time for us. Yeah, yeah, it just hit. It just hit at the right time, and oh, this is where I was going. Thank you. 
<laughs> I, I just got so caught up in remembering this this wonderful show. But I know not every Superman fan is a Power Rangers fan, but I would I would venture there are probably a significant number of Power Rangers fans who are also comics fans, whether Superman yes. or other characters. Because I feel like again, in terms of those those themes and, and the idea of teamwork and good versus evil, there's mm -hmm. a very natural carryover there. Is that been Absolutely. your experience in talking to people? Uh, in a lot of ways, yeah. Um, and the people who've like wanted to talk about it more, they might have seen more of one than the other, but they, they get it and they, and they at least know the players involved. Uh, and it's, uh, and so you can have a little bit of a conversation that way. Right on. So let's dig in a little bit more to this mini series. You know, we don't need to do panel by panel breakdown or yeah. anything like that, but sort of the, the major beats and to give people a sense of, of what's the, what this is about. So kind of our inciting incident in the first issue is uh, Alpha 5 is missing, so the Rangers leave the command center to go look for him, and Zack mm -hmm. thinks he finds Alpha badly damaged and brings him into the command center. Turns out it's a, it's a replica decoy with a mm -hmm. bomb inside and goes off and causes this huge explosion and uh, allows Lord Zed and his putties entry into the command center. Yep. And Zack, in this desperate gamble to to save the command center and Zordon and the rest of the Rangers, uh, teleports Zed away, but the teleporter tubes are are, are damaged. And so mm -hmm. they end up landing in the DC universe. And I yep. mentioned before what happens to Zed, where he's picked up by Brainiac, and uh, Zack ends up in Gotham and butts heads with Batman. With Batman, yep. And the other Rangers, of course, follow suit to the DC universe to rescue Zack and Batman has to call on the rest of the Justice League. And we have, mm -hmm. you know, par for the course when you have, uh, you know, heroes colliding. Classic superhero fight. Yeah. You got to have that initial uh, misunderstanding and fight yeah. uh, until they eventually have this, this understanding. I wanted to say, like, and this came up when we did the Green with Evil arc, but same, same thing here that really worked for me. It's not often that the command center is breached. No, it's and, very rare. And when it is, it really, it like really kind of sets you back. So like when Zed enters, I was like, uh oh, like this it's is serious. Big, it's a big deal because on the show, if, I'm, if memory serves, Zed never went in there in the show. Now in the comics, he's been in there a couple of times and there's something that happened recently in the comics that is super interesting that I'm not going to spoil for you. But, um, but yeah, so this is, so that's not Zed's first time in there, but, uh, but yeah, when, it, when, when the command center is breached, it's a big deal. That's how uh, Power Rangers Turbo ended was, you know, the command center was taken over. Spoilers. Gotcha. Yeah. I had stopped while I, so I stopped during Zeo. Okay. Uh, so I never got that far, that far, unfortunately, but you know, it's also a, a key moment in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. It is. It is. Yeah. Cause Ooze, Ooze gets in there. Yeah. And not only does he get in there, I, I he trashes I, it. He trashes it, and you're probably going to hear me ta say this a lot on the summoning the Zords because this really stuck with me from from that viewing as a kid. But you see Zordon lying mm -hmm. there in, in physical form. Yeah, it was nuts. I know it, it, it was completely wild, completely wild. Yeah, I still remember that feeling of watching it as a kid. Like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> like, like for a legit second, you're like, are they actually are they going to kill Zordon in this movie in the Power Rangers movie? Like what? Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, I can't wait till we get to the Power Rangers movie. That was such a you know, I'm sure you have a similar experience. I mean, to be a fan. Oh, at yeah. That, at that point in time and to have a major motion picture, a theatrical movie come out. It yeah. was outside continuity, but whatever. I mean, it was it was so cool. 
that was like one of the best like movie summers ever because like like shortly after that or like around the same time was space jam also so it's like you have that <laughs> and the power rangers movie it's like are you kidding yeah oh man so going back to the miniseries as far as this initial meeting with the justice league the battle and then the subsequent you know resolution and and mm-hmm. you know deciding to work together i mean what stands out to you from from those scenes and from those initial interactions just the the i guess the one upsmanship that happens when when they when they meet each other right because at first it's a one-on-one type of situation it's it's batman versus zach and then you know the rest of the rangers show up and then the flash shows up and then the rest of the justice league shows up and then you know and then like superman's there but then like they try to find they try to find batman who you know sent a missile at him from the batmobile and that's when they use the zords and it's like so like it's cool how the power rangers don't escalate because that's one of their rules uh (laughs) until they need to uh they like they don't bring out the zords until like superman essentially shows up which i think is hilarious because yeah you 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 need that if you're going to up against superman but um but I thought that was like all that was cool, like how they just kind of kept escalating until Wonder Woman shuts it down by putting the lasso around Kimberly. And she's like, yeah, we can trust them. We're, we're, we're cool. Yeah, I loved all of that, too. I did have the same thought about escalating. And yeah, mm. you're right. It's like they call on the Zords when, uh, you know, Jon Stewart, like, you know, uh, creates a, a containment field around mm-hmm. them. And it's like, all right, we have something that can break through. Yeah, they're always yeah. mindful of of respecting Zordon's rules. Yep. And yeah, I liked, you know, going back to the Superman of it all, I liked in that scene, Superman was one of the cooler heads Yes, that, that prevailed. Uh, so I liked that. There are a couple, I'm going to jump around a little bit here, but a couple of Superman moments that I really like. So again, Superman has, podcast, he, he, we'll, yeah, we'll talk he about He has Superman. a lot of great moments in this, actually. He does. I think the, probably the, the two that stand out the most, one is when they all need to get back to the Power Rangers universe and they mm-hmm. decide to try to use the Large Hadron Collider to create yeah. this, you know, uh, you know, breach in, in space time. Space and time, yeah. yeah. So that they can, uh, you know, transcend universes. And I think Trini says to Batman, like, you can just ask to use this. And Batman goes, I can't, but mm-hmm. he can. That's right. And that's Superman, baby. He walks in and it's like, of course, of course, anything that this guy needs. Yeah. And that's literally what they told him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that was really cool. I also loved when, you know, when they make it back to the Power Rangers universe and Zed and Brainiac have beaten them there. And at mm-hmm. this point they have taken the Rangers coins and Zords and it's a yes. low point for them. And Brainiac has bottled Angel Grove and taken it. Zach has seen his parents just go up in uh-huh. this bottle. I mean, it's a tough moment for him. And, you know, he's just thinking about the fact that he had this fight with them. That's the, their last interaction. He led Zed, you know, to this other universe. Like he's feeling a lot of guilt and, you know, Superman is there to tell him like, look, this is not your fault. We know yep. who's responsible. Stand up. And I love that moment of inspiration that he was able to provide. I, I do too. And then also like Zach's like, well, how could you say that? I just lost my entire world. And Superman's like, because I've lost mine too. And it's like, there you go. I know. Were there other Superman moments that uh, that's that I, I did not love it as much when he's felled by the magic, but but it made sense. Like I've always said on yeah. this podcast, like I'm not a huge fan of the magic themed stories or threats for Superman. Oh. It's just like not mm-hmm. my thing. But again, here, like it really did. It made sense. And I liked it. And uh, so I, I was cool with that. But but what else yeah. Superman wise stood out to you? Um, <laughs> When he is 
he tells Kimberly, he asks her politely to 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 land the pterodactyl. I thought that was funny. It was very, very much a, you know, general, would you care to step outside type of thing? But this is just a way smaller scale. He's just so polite. He's like, excuse me, can you please park your pterodactyl? It's a really funny Superman line to think about. It is. There's just a sense of calm that radiates, yeah. you know, from him throughout. And well, speaking of her and the pterodactyl, I mean, that's how the first issue ends. It's just this great moment where it's like, uh, guys, <laughs> yeah. this giant pink dinosaur robot has the Batmobile. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool because it's, you know, that's the thing. There's so much about Power Rangers that I guess, you you know, you could see as silly. But mm-hmm. you could say that about any of the stuff that <laughs> we read and watch. But, you know, again, just to kind of see it through the eyes of, of you know, of the DC characters uh, mm-hmm. was, was a lot of fun. For sure, for sure. Uh, so let's see. I mean, just as far as the other, you know, main main beats of this. Oh, one thing I did like was, so after the Rangers and the, and the Justice League, they're going to work together, right? The Rangers talk about how Zed is here. It wasn't just the Rangers who came through. There's this larger threat. Zed is mm-hmm. out there. We have to, we have to stop him and bring him back. And of course, Zed and Brainiac have have teamed up, and we know from watching Power Rangers that a a staple of all the shows is you know Rita, Zed, the other villains, you know, creating or conjuring these monsters. Yes, right. That then they make grow into into mm-hmm. these giants that the Rangers have to fight in their Zords, and so you get a version of that here. But Zed uses the creatures in Brainiac's bottle scene, yes. which I thought was a cool a cool connection point. It was, yeah, because not only, again, like not only are the heroes working together, but the, the villains are too, at least up until this point, right? And so, because the rangers are kind of perplexed at like at the at the creatures that they're fighting, because they're like, well, normally it's just like, you know, you get, you know, it's, they're just not alive. They're just like things, right? Because Zed made monsters out of things that he saw or things that were per- had personal connections to people. That was his thing. Uh, Rita, you know, hand had people hand make they're those monsters out of clay um and then every other villain had like a gimmick but you know this was very different than like you know zed used actual creatures this time that were taken from other worlds so that was kind of a different thing for them to fight and i love too when you know they all race into battle across the the globe to mm-hmm. fight these monsters and you know one of the leaguers asks like what well, basically how do we stop them I think one yeah. of the rangers is like kind of just i'm paraphrasing but it's just, just kind of like hit them until they <laughs> until, until they, they stop they yeah stop. yeah <laughs> which is true it is <laughs> uh but yeah unfortunately brainiac and zed they get you know they get the other they get the upper hand and uh brainiac's drones are able to enter the zords and and, mm-hmm. and uh, take, take them over yeah take them over take the power coins you know leaving the rangers uh powerless and zordless and uh, looking for well, a way to not, get back to their world not powerless that I, I, that was probably my favorite Batman moment in this uh, was when they mentioned how like, you know, the Rangers like, you know, are, you know, useless and powerless and Batman very like incredulously and like very stern is like, they're not powerless. And I like how, like you see, like, I think it's like Jason and Trini or Jason and Kimberly in the background kind of like, Oh, he's being, he's saying something nice to us for, for a change. Uh, Cause he hadn't been up until that point. Um, and you, you understand why he's saying that like because he's like because he doesn't have any powers and and he's very useful and so uh so that's that's a nice way of batman complimenting the rangers i thought yeah i'm glad you brought that up that was a really cool moment yeah batman has some good moments here i mean at the at the very end when they're all hanging out at the juice bar and he tries to pay for everyone yes his money's no good there not for the reason you might think but that's because he's got yeah. like president luther hundred uh, dollar bill uh which is just great yeah but that's but that's also just so like so crazy to think this is like yeah the power rangers are having a having a smoothie in the juice bar with clark kent and bruce wayne like 
I can. I mean, Clark having a smoothie, I can buy. I can, yeah, but you not know. not Bruce Wayne. Nah, I don't. Yeah, I I agree, but nice moment nonetheless. I actually. Yeah. So one of my patrons, shout out to Brian, had a question on. I'll throw it to you. He asked how well we thought the Power Rangers characters translated to comics. Now, obviously, there have been a lot of comics, and especially mm-hmm. in this. These, this boom studios era, but I guess specifically here in this story, like how well did you feel the, the TV versions of the characters translated to this, to this comic? Um, well enough, I would say that not all of them are really all, all that fleshed out. Cause like Jason really doesn't say all that much. Neither does Trini. Um, and neither does Tommy, except for the one time where he kind of had to stand up to Batman before they went into, into battle. But the, the, the Rangers that actually get the most to say and do are, Billy, Zach, and Kimberly. Those are the ones that kind of get the focus. And Kimberly, my, my experience in reading the the comics, you know, since this boom run started in 2016, has gotten a whole lot of development. Uh, so is Billy. And so is Jason. Pretty much everybody has, except for Zach. And, you know, Zach in, in the boom run doesn't have a whole lot of stories that were, he's like kind of the main focus for an arc or anything hasn't really happened yet. He's had cool moments, but he hasn't been the, like, you know the the engine of a story really outside of the very first arc um it of Kyle Higgins's run and and this he hasn't really been the focus and each time that he has been it's been something like this where like you know he's kind of going through something like emotionally and which is something new for that character because he's you know the I won't say comic relief but he's the lighthearted one the funny one the the happy go lucky one it, that was kind of his role. So it's, it was always kind of interesting to see him in that, in, in a role like this on, on the team. And so story-wise, that's kind of where people have gone with him. I'd like to see other things, but um, haven't really, it's interesting that he hasn't gotten as much, uh, you know, new characterizations in the comics as I thought he was. Cause like some of the others have like even Rocky, like even more, more, most recently, like Rocky has, of course, Adam has, Aisha's gotten a good, a lot of good stuff. So everybody's had something. Uh, but not really Zach as much. I mean, I'm happy to hear that about the other characters. That's disappointing mm-hmm. about Zach. And Tom Taylor, he did not continue to write any of the other Boom stuff, right? No. No. The, no, the Boom stuff has been the first, what, 40 issues were Kyle Higgins and then Ryan Parrott took over after that. And then Parrott's going to be done after 100. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. So, Again, I've not read the comics, but just based on, you know, going back to this question and in terms of this miniseries here, I guess I found they've translated well enough because I didn't, you know, in the show, their their characters are drawn rather broadly. Like, I don't know that I would say there are such specific characteristics that I was looking to see here. It's because, well, and the thing is, they're what makes them stand out and what makes people remember them so well is because they're like the perfect archetypes for characters. And so as a result of that, you can kind of branch off and do certain things with them while, while, while they retain their, you know, their, their core. And so that's what makes them interesting. And and in the comics, they've all kept their cores, but they've, you know, gotten through a whole lot of development while still keeping their archetype intact. Um, I think with Zach, what makes it hard for him to write is the fact that he was always kind of the the well together one, which is why he was so happy go lucky about stuff because he didn't really have like you know there wasn't something that you can kind of pinpoint to. It was like oh he needs to work on this. That's never how he was really portrayed, and so I think that maybe is a a reason why it's a challenge to kind of write for him and why it has been a challenge for people to kind of give him something other than let's put him something, let's put him through the emotional ringer. Cause he's always kind of been just well adjusted to most things. 
Right. Yeah, no, well said. Very interesting. The, a couple of other things that really stood out to me that I loved. I, I love how when the league and the Rangers, they're mounting their, their attack back in the Power Rangers universe, but the Rangers mm-hmm. don't have their coins and Zords back yet. Yeah. And the league arms them. Oh, I love this. With all these, all these, these pieces of armor and weaponry from the DC universe, you've got mm-hmm. Tommy in the green in the uh, in the green war suit of Lex's. Like I love yeah. it. Stuff like perfect. that was awesome. Yeah, like uh, Jason gets the sword of Azrael. Uh, again, like perfect. Uh, Billy is is using a, an Atlantean, you know, trident, and he's wearing Prometheus's costume, like comic book Prometheus, not the one from from Arrow. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, of course, Zach has like the you know, the Adams axe, and then uh, and of course Kimberly has green arrows, bow and arrows, and she has. There's a great bit in there with the boxing glove arrow. It's perfect. That was one of the other things I was going to say that I that I love. I love that eventual payoff we get. Where do you want to describe oh, yeah. the scene? Because it's such a it's such a cool moment. Oh yeah, so like she's you know they're going through the weaponry and Kimberly's and the, they're like she has the bow and arrow she has the boxing glove arrow and i think she's talking to flash and flash is like yeah it's a boxing glove arrow i know it's kind of silly and kim was like no makes makes perfect sense it's when you want to punch somebody across the room <laughs> like it makes perfect sense oh <laughs> um, and i love the justification for such an iconically silly thing that has existed for nearly 80 years at this point which is the green arrow and the boxing glove arrow um and then it pays off at the end because that's how they take out zed <laughs> Like she jumps out of the Megazord and and fires a boxing glove arrow at Zed and hits him square in the face and knocks him out. I know. So good. It was it was so terrific. It was yeah, I mean it was just it was so much fun. And you know, of course they eventually reclaim the the, the bottled Angel Grove, but they realize mm-hmm. that the command center, Zordon, are not there. And we find yeah. out that Zed is is wearing them uh mm-hmm. around his neck, which I thought that was a great touch too. Yeah. That was good. So of course our you know our heroes eventually prevail you know Billy and and Cyborg they team up they have a lot to do together of, of course. course the scientific but, minds the mm-hmm. you know that, that made that made perfect sense and they're essentially able to infect Brainiac with the virus and and yes. uh, and and, and they disarm can, yeah. him yeah and they can recontrol the Zords I thought it was a cool visual to have the Brainiac symbol on the Zords yes that's, that's kind of a scary image right there yeah that was really cool I like that a lot as well. And uh, and yeah, of course, we eventually have the the final battle with with Zed. Alpha gets Alpha, yeah gets in on the action. Giant Alpha, Alpha throwing punches and stuff. Very very cool. <laughs> yeah, they never did that in the show, right? Oh no, no. Uh, yeah, that was cool. I was like, wow, this is you know something different. Yep. And I mean, I don't want to. And I don't. I mean, we you know basically talked through the whole thing, so I, you know we'll go all the way. I mean, the the series has been out for a few years, so hopefully people yes. won't mind spoilers, but. You know, to your point, like this, what you said earlier, you know, it is self-contained. It's its own thing. But we do end on on an ominous note of mm-hmm. the Brainiac symbol flashing, uh, you know, across Alpha's visor here. With the iconic I, 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 which is like, that's awesome. Yeah. What a way to end it. Yeah, that was cool. That was a really nice touch. I wonder, I wonder if there was ever any interest or attempt to do a follow-up. Maybe. Know. certainly the seeds were there for it yeah it's, it's a shame there that uh that nothing ever came to pass because that that would have that would have been cool to see where that might have gone but mm-hmm. even even without a follow-up it's still just a cool you know cool little cliffhanger to leave you with yeah absolutely uh yeah it was again i i really look is this something that i would revisit every year no probably not but 
it was a lot. I mean, it was a lot of fun. I really felt like it did justice to the characters. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, I definitely would read it at least one more time. Um, mm-hmm. what, what else about it haven't we talked about that that you wanted to? Um, I think we hit all the big things. Um, you know, Kimberly gave Zach a pep talk. That was pretty cool. That's kind of what she was did throughout most of this. She's always been a, a good support character. Um. Oh, the Power Rangers talking to the to the United Nations uh, to get them to trust them, I thought was interesting in their Justice League, you know, disguises. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, it's it was uh, it was kind of odd because Wonder Woman goes in first and this is when they're yes. in the Power Rangers universe. And she sort of like paves the way for the Rangers to come in and they're like, you know, mm-hmm. we know you don't recognize us, but we're the Power Rangers. And, but Wonder Woman says she's like, I've absorbed their their shock and now the floor is yours. <laughs> it's like, all right, look at the. the, the this plan seems a little backwards, but that's fine. It was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, a, a cool moment nonetheless, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it was cool to see, even though they weren't in their traditional Power Rangers garb, like, it was cool to see them interacting with, with others and with the world leaders yeah. in particular. So, uh, yeah, no, I thought that scene worked. Yeah. That's pretty much all that I had. Uh, I want to, mm-hmm. Well, A, of course, I want to thank you for taking part in this. This was a lot of fun. Our first time podcasting together, not the last. uh, And I hope you had a good time as well. Oh, absolutely. For sure. And so I mentioned at the top, you're one of the hosts of Always Hold On to Arrow. So do you Mm -hmm. want to tell folks a little bit about, uh, you know, how you approach the show and and what you cover on it? Yeah. So uh, Kevin and I, we talk about basically every as as our slogan says everything that makes arrow arrow so not only do we talk about the show um obviously but we talk about like the tie-in comics we talk about the the novels that have been written about it the canon ones and the non-canon ones that we haven't gotten to yet um and we just kind of go through and talk about the show we don't go episode by episode uh we do talk about you know in particular like episodes that have like you know that carry a lot of weight and significant episodes we'll talk about those uh but mostly it's you know very concept based we talk about all you know it's very we talk about the characters their impacts we do deep dives on that and concepts that the show is trying to talk about um and yeah we do a lot of big picture and we do a lot of like you know a small picture type of deep dives into the things that made up the show Gotcha. No, it's very cool. I hope people will check it out. And I mean, as far as big picture doings in the Arrowverse, I know, uh, I think probably your most recent episode as of this recording, uh, touched on the news of the Arrowverse's impending end. Yeah. Um, it's a end of an era. It's, (laughs) it's, uh, it's, it's tough to see that, but you know, all things come to an end at some point. Uh, it, it, it stinks that it's kind of going out with a whimper. Uh, it's not their fault. Uh, it's not the Arrowverse's fault. Uh, but I will I will say, though, that it was cool to see a live action DC universe like done well and done with some some sort of love, uh, you know, because like it's not the first time the DC has done a a interconnected type of universe. They did it several times, you know, with uh, with cartoons and the first successful live action one was the Arrowverse, uh, which people, you know, you know, the, the detractors of the Arrowverse uh, really want to like, you know, get at them for being on the CW and it's maligned for, you know, certain things. Some are fair, some are unfair, but they still, they still pulled it off. And there was a time there where it's like, actually, yeah, this is, this is, this is how you do it. So, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm proud that they were able to give us what they gave us uh, because, and especially on the CW, because that's like, nobody would have seen that coming. And for a while it was, 
it was really good stuff. No, I, I enjoyed hearing you say all of that because I, I'll, I'll be honest, whenever I've mentioned the Arrowverse on this show, I, I, I've probably been a little, a little dismissive towards it mm-hmm. because of how it's petered out and how I've lost interest in all of the shows. I mean, I stopped yeah. watching Batwoman and Legends and Flash all like right after Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. But. You're right. And, you know, listening to you say that, I, I, I can recall a time where mm-hmm. I was thoroughly enjoying all of the shows. And I thought yep. that what they were able to pull off with Crisis was, was tremendously impressive. Yes. On a television budget and schedule. Mm-hmm. I mean, what they pulled off really was, was something. And, and yeah, you're right. I mean, they're, at, at its best, it really was something. And so it, I, yeah. it is, even though I'm not really invested in it now, I am sad you know, that we had a number of shows just canceled without a proper resolution. Yeah. And, you know, Flash now is getting to the finish line. But, um, yeah, again, maybe not with the the fanfare and the strong finish and, you know, that you that you would have hoped for for something that really was a whole era of, of DC. It really was. And it was and it's uh, it's it's not like people weren't watching like, you know, the, there's there's a narrative out there that people people weren't. But I'll, if you if you're on the Internet there's enough people that were because <laughs> yeah, everybody kind of knows what was going on. Everybody knows the people involved. Uh, everybody has a take. Uh, so uh, yeah, people paid attention. Yeah. Well, you're doing great work on always hold on to arrow. And, uh, and <laughs> you know, for anyone who's, you know, who, you know, who wants to check it out, I, I encourage you to on, on all major podcast platforms. Yep. So thank you, Lance. I look forward to the next time that you and I can podcast. Absolutely. Same power Rangers or otherwise, maybe there's some Superman stuff that we'll do down the line. We'll talk off mic. Yeah. (laughs) Audience. Thank you very much for checking out this bonus edition of digging for kryptonite. I hope you enjoyed our discussion on the justice league power Rangers miniseries. If you want more power Rangers talk again, summoning the Zords, a power Rangers fan journey premieres next week on Monday, September 12th available on all major podcast platforms. Digging for Kryptonite continues with all new episodes every Tuesday, so we'll see you back here next Tuesday. And until then, as always, it's about what you do. It's about action. Join the conversation by becoming part of the Flat Squirrel Podcast Network Facebook group. Like the Digging for Kryptonite Facebook page and follow us on Instagram at Digging for Kryptonite Pod and on Twitter at Digging for KR Pod. Also, be sure to visit FlatSquirrelProductions.com for more film and podcast projects including My Comic Shop History and My Comic Shop Country. Thank you.